Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I read a book recently by an uh, author named Bill Bryson. He's written a lot of really fascinating books. This one's called The The Body. And it's all about the body, as you might guess. Remember, there's a little section in there where he's talking about um, our tear ducts. He says, yeah, there's a lot of physiological reasons why we have tear ducts, lubrication for the eyes, getting irritants out of our eyes, things like that. But doctors, anatomists, scientists... All those people with a lot of letters after their names, they, no one really knows why we cry. No one really knows. No one really has a solid answer of why when we're really joyful, we cry. Or when we're cut to the heart, we cry. There's something about it that it's like a an extra feature of our creation that God has given us to express the interior, to, to, to make visible the invisible. And this is the place where the Lord cried. <coughs> he cries for two reasons, two primary reasons. I think a lot of us assume that his tears for us are sometimes tears of disappointment. Like tears of like, you've let me down. Or you failed again. Or how many times do I have to keep offering this to you and you just don't get it? That's not why the Lord cries. He weeps for two reasons. The first is compassion. That he knows your pain from the inside out. He knows every detail of your story from the inside out. Compassion to suffer with. Like from the moment of your baptism, you've been sharing his life and he's been sharing his life with you and like every, every, everything that you've suffered, he has suffered. All the things that now in your, you know, later years and your late adulthood, all those things that you tell yourself, I really should be over this by now. Like, he still weeps for those things. Rejection. As a little boy, as a little girl. Not being understood. Being set aside, being overlooked. All of it. He weeps. He weeps for your heart. He weeps for your pain. 
Like his tears mingle with your tears. And the second reason he weeps is what we heard in that gospel. He weeps because of unrequited love. When we go to the Basilica of the Agony, Basilica of all nations, there's a, a big rock in front of the altar. And it's where tradition says that Jesus fell in agony as his sweat became like drops of blood. I want you to picture the blood dripping from his nose, falling upon that rock. And he's just staring at it because it's not going anywhere. It's not being received. It's not being soaked into the earth. I think the agony was the enemy whispering to him, no one's going to receive you. This is all going to be for nothing. You see how your blood just pools on the rock? That's how it's going to pool upon their hearts. No one's going to receive it. And then I have to think that he must have thought about his mom. That if nowhere else he knew that his blood, his sacrifice, was perfectly received by her. Like she is the backbone. Her, her let it be done unto me is the steel girders that gave strength to his not my will, but thy will be done. He said yes because she had already said yes. You know, one of the things I think as, as disciples of Jesus, one of the things I think we all desire to be for him and to do for him is to console his heart. And then we make the mistake of thinking, Lord, don't you love my virtue? Don't you love my prayers? Don't you love my rosaries? Don't you love my sacrifices? Doesn't this console your heart, all my good behavior? That's not what consoles his heart because what happens in the Lord's heart, his heart is the heart of Messiah, the Savior. What happens when he sees us struggling and sinning, his heart isn't filled with rage, his heart is filled with mercy. It swells with tenderness. And it pains him. And he's looking for a place to pour that out. You know, the only thing you have to offer him that consoles his heart it is your sinfulness, is your poverty. It's all the stuff in you where you're not enough, all the stuff in you where you struggle, all the places in you where you need to be saved. Like, we, we come to Mass, we leave the sacristy with a chalice, right? A chalice wouldn't work if there was a cover on top. It works because it's empty, because it's concave, because there's an empty place. 
This is what holds the blood of Christ. But this is an icon of you. You'll hear me in a moment say to you, lift up your hearts. Your heart is your chalice. And what makes it concave is all of your brokenness, all of your woundedness, all of your sinfulness, all of your shame, all your struggle, all your hurt, all your pain. And that's where you get to hold mercy. That's how you console the heart of Jesus. His tears that are shed here, his heart that bleeds here. It's looking, he's looking for a place to be received. That's what he's always been looking for. From the very beginning, he was looking for a heart to receive him. And Mary said yes. He was looking for an inn to receive him. And the cave said yes. He was looking for followers to receive him. And the bottom of the barrel said yes. He's looking for a place to be received. And like, unlike this chalice, it's beautiful and beautiful design and precious metal. Like He doesn't care what you're made of. What does Paul say? We hold this earth, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels. None of us are impressive. None of us. But he says, don't protest because I desire to dwell in you. Receive me. The Lord weeps with us and he desires to be with us. That's what broke his heart looking at this city. They didn't receive him. Let us not miss our, our visitation. Because it's now. Amen.